Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon, and uh, welcome to the Wednesday edition <laughs> of the show. Kath, good to see you. It's uh, it's Wednesday. It feels like it feels like October. That's what it feels like. It's very cold. The high is like, I don't know, 42 degrees or something. Yep. I'm rejecting everything outside right now. How is your mental capacity uh, on day number X of lockdown? Mm. How are you today? I'm okay. I mean, tempers are a little frayed. Here in the household. In the, in the homestead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, just, you know, miscommunications here and there that kind of get a little carried away. Miscommunication. But, but you know, love conquers all. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. I don't think my in in my entire father's life he ever said the word miscommunication. No, he probably never. <laughs> no, did. I don't think you know. That's no. of a new generation, isn't it? Uh-uh. It's a miscommunication. Your dad, he looked like Steve McQueen. He yeah, was he like, would, I don't give a. Uh, there's no miscommunication no. going on around here. I'm communicating so. very clearly is what's going on. <laughs> Mike, uh, Mike, are you on camera? All the time we've been doing this. Do you, do you have a yeah. camera set up in there? Yep. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Come on, right now. There you are. Looking very there good, Mike. Thank okay, you. I right. appreciate it. You're looking right. swell as well. You you as well, Kathy. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Don't forget me, you guys. We've established the fact that we're looking good and there's miscommunication in our homes because of flared tempers. We wonder what's going on in your house, but thanks for inviting us in. All right? You know what I'd like to hear, John? Ah. I'd like to hear some news about everyday objects. Everyday objects. Okay. I've been thinking about this. Um, saw an article in uh, getpocket.com. And you know how you see things and you think, what? what is, I don't understand what that's for. Well, maybe you're not even a, that aware of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, your jeans. I put on a pair of jeans. Uh, I've, been thinking, I've been wearing the same pair of jeans now for like six days in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's right? kind of gross. Uh-huh. The, the good news about it is not that gross. The good news about it is if you wear a pair of jeans over six days, they get so baggy, it looks like you've lost some weight. And you feel good about yourself. I do. That's, an, all, old, that's an old girl trick, John. It is. Okay. All right. yeah. That's what girls yeah. do. So my fat jeans have become my everyday jeans, yeah, basically. Right? Sure. So in my jeans, there's that little pocket on the right-hand side. You know, like there's the main pocket, then there's a little pocket. You know what I mean? What is that for? Is that for like a quarter? I know. <laughs> it could be for a quarter. Uh, originally, because the people who uh, manufactured jeans, the Levi Strauss company, they made that little pocket to put your pocket watch in. Oh, really? How about that? To protect your pocket watch. Yeah. It's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. When my grandfather died, I inherited two pocket watches from him. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine most men did not have wristwatches for a long time, right? Which right. wristwatches probably came into fashion when? Maybe in the 40s. But pre that, if you had to have a watch, it had to be a wristwatch. Or it had to be a pocket watch. Sure. I love so, pocket yeah. watches. So that little extra pocket on your jeans, it also is called a, a match pocket. For your matches? A, yep. Okay. Or a ticket pocket. Mm, right? Ticket pocket. Like you put your movie ticket in there or uh, it's yeah, kind of tiny, doing that. isn't it's it? It's kind of yeah. hard to get in there. See, yeah. I, was th- like, I, I always thought it was you put like a house key in there, just one single key. A house key. key. Oh, that's good. It, that's, that's a good, good use for it as well. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's I mean, I, was always, I always thought it was for a quarter. You did. I used to put Tic Tacs in there. Then I'd forget, and then I'd wash them. <laughs> <laughs> At least your jeans come out smelling good. Little Tic Tacs. Are Tic Tacs still around? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see Tic Tacs very often. I guess of the bigger I, question is... I don't, I don't go anywhere anymore. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> that's why I don't see a Tic Tac. 
Are testaments still around? Listen, testaments. That's <laughs> the worst around? idea. See, uh, Christians deserve judgment for something as silly as testaments. I mean, you know. Okay, l- let me say that on Saturday, I went mm. to get a pizza, John and Mike, and mm. um, I was leaving the house, and I actually thought to myself, now wait, <laughs> how do I buy things? <laughs> <laughs> How do I buy things? I not remember the process. I was like, <laughs> right. okay. What is going on here exactly? Okay, <laughs> I got another work. thing. Uh, everyday objects. Um, how about uh, at the end of, uh, like, you know, your pots and pans? On the end of the handle, oftentimes there's like a little hole, right? Yeah, it's where you hang them from, right? No, no, no. You know what that's for? Your, no. Your spatulas, right? put your spoon or spatula on there. Yes. So it doesn't get messed up. Let that hang off, you know, the edge of the pot, and then the handle comes back and sits nestled in that little hole. That's what that's for. What? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's truth, Kev. I use it. I use mine. Yep. Listen to how Mike's like, oh, yeah, it's old news. Oh, yeah, Mike. He's worldly. He's been around the block a few times. That's what I do with my saucepans, he says. (laughs) How about when you buy a shirt, and on the back of the shirt, it's got that little piece of... Yeah, what's that little tab thing? Annoying, for one thing. What is is that to hang it up? Yes, it is. And you know where that originated from? No. Uh, the Navy, because uh, space for drawers, of course, was very limited. Right. So they would have little hooks everywhere, and the guys in the Navy would just hang those. They put those little things in the back there. Really? Nice and neat. Yeah. Okay. How about, uh, you know, the, uh, the the box, like your, your map box in your car, your SUV? You mean like the glove box? That's what it's called, the glove compartment, right? Yes. Do you ever put a pair of gloves in there? No, I know. I don't think I've ever put not. a pair of no. gloves in there. Well, originally, because cars were open, open air cars, can you imagine driving a car open air? Everything got cold. Right. So uh, one of the first female race car drivers, she was using her gloves and she said, please, could you make a little box that I could put my gloves in a glove compartment? Cool. And that that's cool? why they call it. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you, I, I, the car that I currently have, I very much love. But yeah. the one thing I hate about it is when you open the glove box, mm-hmm. Everything falls out. Oh, why is that? Because of the way it's shaped. Like mm. the door is what's holding everything in. So when you open the door, everything falls on the floor. <clears throat> what what I love. I'm sorry. That was parenthetical. No, the car the car that I'm currently driving has not one, but two glove box. Show off. Two. One for my wife, apparently, and one for me, which is very nice. Hey, speaking of cars, did, you know what I just figured out last week? What's that? You know that arrow next to your uh, gas I, right. I, I, Tell, icon? Tells you what side you're... I, gas caps on? Yeah. Don't make fun of me. So, no, no, I'm supporting you. <laughs> That's fine. It was, it was said with love and encouragement. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay, just one more thing. Okay. Uh, I don't know if your stove has this, but you know the the drawer at the bottom of your stove? You know? uh, yes, my stove doesn't have that, but I know it that. It doesn't? No. Well, our stove does, and for years we've just stored you know pots and pans in there. That is not a pot and pan holder. You know what that is? It's a warming space. What? Mm, so when you make your apple Quiche pie or whatever, whatever you can keep it warm in there. Exactly. Which I did not know. I just thought it was a place to put, you know, my extra skillets and things like that. You think that's effective? Well, it's probably better than sitting on the counter for one thing, right? Mm, People stay. Yeah, you're probably right. But then, what do you do with all your pots and pan lids? Yeah, that's the problem. That's right. the problem, right? Anyway, I, I'm just hanging that's around the house like thinking that about things. List, John. Yeah. I'd, that's fine. If you could have, uh, like compile one of those for each day, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I want to be moving forward in these times of quarantine. Okay, I'll get on that right away there. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Right. Hey, what does the show look like today? Well, the show looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the five o'clock hour, help my teen is depressed. Christine Chapel's going to talk mm-hmm. about that. She is such John, isn't she a great guest? Love her. She's fabulous. We love her. There's, we've talked to tons of people about depression, especially when it comes to kids. She's our number one go-to. We're really excited about that. That is at what five thirty-five. Yep. Um, coming up this hour, we'll talk about the pastor who's facing arrest for allegedly backing his church bus toward a protester, and he is going to have church <laughs> Sunday, and he doesn't care who tells him not to. Not a good look. But coming up next, Daniel Darling, Vice President for the for Communications for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's also a favorite of ours. He's coming up next. We're going to talk about what, John? What? Uh, we're going to talk about COVID and should you go to church when that oh, time yeah. comes? Would you go to church? Stick around for that conversation. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy, streaming live on Facebook on 101.5 Word FM. 101.5 WORD. So, yeah, things are a little weird right now. So at Word FM, we offer a little bit of normalcy to your life. Inspiration will not be canceled. Conversations will not be canceled. The good news of Jesus will not be canceled. Hope will not be canceled. Use your smart speaker to stay connected. That's a smart choice. 101.5 WORD. Always open for encouragement. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that selecting your new mattress is a decision that's too important to rush. You should only purchase a mattress when you're ready, and you're assured you got the best value. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. You don't have to wait for a holiday weekend, haggle with a sales associate, or face the pressure of a today-only sale. You can take your time and make a choice that is right for you, knowing that you'll always get our best price. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't just have a low-pressure sales approach. We have a no-pressure sales approach. At OMF, you'll never feel pressure to buy when you're not ready. You can feel free to shop around, test out our mattresses as many times as you need to, and quiz our team on anything about the mattress industry. We're here to help make your mattress buying experience better, not pressure you into a purchase you're not ready to make. Stop by an OMF store today to experience the no-pressure Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. As a business owner, you're in a difficult position today. Stay-at-home regulations, social distancing, and in some cases, extreme limitations on our individual liberties have caused small and medium businesses to question whether marketing during this time is the right thing to do. You're asking a lot of questions and you're getting few, if any, answers. Salem Surround is here to help business owners during these challenging times. We're sponsoring free web- Webinars April 22nd and 24th, featuring nationally known marketing and advertising experts Burrell and Associates, named in the top 2% of worldwide consultants by Gerson Lehrman Group. They'll discuss how to manage marketing in times of crisis and examples of how some businesses actually thrive in difficult times. Attend virtually to hear some factual data on what you can do to keep your business top of mind, relevant, and vital to customers today. Two free seminars are offered each day, April 22nd or 24th, and limited space is available. For times and to sign up, go to SalemSurround.com. SalemSurround.com. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System, eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40 watt light bulb call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit jdwaterproofing.com 
Okay, so there's this gigantic push. You've heard about this, I'm sure. A lot of different demonstrations. Downtown Pittsburgh the other day in Harrisburg, New York City, Boston, wherever. People are really hungry and they want to get back to what you know, normal times, normal whatever that would be, right? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I want to get back to normal times as well. We all do. But at the same time, I don't want to die. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get the COVID. Right. And you don't want to give it to somebody else who's impaired. Right. But if your church, like say, say it was like, oh, what's today? Wednesday. Okay. Say the governor's came out today and said, okay, I'm going to lift restrictions. Um, you can go and move about now freely. And your church said, hey, let's have church service on Sunday. Kath, are you going to show up? Hmm. Well, it's hard for me because I'm on staff at a church. So if my boss told me to show up, I'd have to what? show up. Really? You would? Well, could, well, couldn't you well, just say, no, I can't. I'm, I'm too anxious. I don't know if I could. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like to do what the boss tells me to do. So. But what if you're dead? Just say, what if you're dead? What if you're dead? <laughs> hey, the boss told me to show up for work, but now I'm dead. Okay. I mean, if I didn't work at a church, I do not think I would. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's put it that way. And and, and maybe if maybe if the situation presented itself, I wouldn't go in either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find you're out. Trying get, you're trying to get me in trouble with my boss. No, I'm, I'm just saying. saying. You know, I know your boss. He's a good man, but also, still. This, you is know. A, also, this is a tense conversation. <laughs> put, you on the, put you on the skillet there. Sorry. <laughs> Daniel Darling is with us. Daniel is the Vice President for Communications for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. That's the last time we're going to say that. Daniel is also the uh, author of Teen People, the Bible, Crash Course, The Original Jesus, The Dignity Revolution, and uh, other fine titles. And he joins us right now. Daniel, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. Good to uh, be talking to you from Nashville. Hope everything's well in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, we're doing well here, Dan- Daniel. We want to congratulate you on your new position, but we'll talk about that a little bit later before yeah. you leave us. Okay, so Sunday, your church says, we're meeting, we're getting back together. My question, our question for you, Daniel Darling, are you showing up? Well, it depends what that looks like. You know, I think, you know, these these questions are so difficult because if you're a leader, if you're governor or a mayor or even a pastor of a church, you have to balance several things. You have to you you want it to be a safe environment for the people you serve. You also right. have to think through, you know, how do we how do we reintegrate into normal life? Because you know, shutting down for you know indefinite period of time is just not feasible. I don't think anybody agrees with that. Um, so I think you know, I think there's a lot of things you have to weigh. I think there are some extremes on both sides, but I think most people are somewhere in the middle, saying, you know, we're not sure how we do this. Um, my guess is most reopenings, you know, in Tennessee, it looks like it's going to reopen next week and some other states. It's not going to be like it was in February where we didn't even think about coronavirus. You know, it's going to be gradual. There's going to be a lot more safety protocols. I'm talking to a lot of churches that if and when they get the green light from their, you know, mayor or governor, uh, a lot of guidelines of how many people you have in the auditorium, people wearing masks, you know, all, all kinds of things. And so I think those are some of the calculations people are going through. So, and, and, and you, you hit on it too. Some people will be comfortable going out and some won't. Um, you know, some people have been comfortable going to the grocery store and other places and have been fine. Uh, you know, so if there's proper social distancing and you're in a room with not that many people and there's some safety protocols, maybe it's very similar. Um, so we just have to, we just have to kind of see and listen to what, 
people who are smarter than us are, are telling us. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's let's talk about Pastor Tony Spell. Have you heard this story, Daniel? He's a yeah. he's a megachurch yeah. pastor in Louisiana, and uh, he is you know he still continues to meet. His congregation is showing up, but he's essentially claiming uh, Christian persecution because he's getting a lot of backblow from people who are saying you shouldn't be meeting. I mean, there are certain pastors who are saying we can, we want to continue to meet, and if we don't meet, then you're persecuting my faith. Yeah, I mean, look. Everybody wants to meet. Like, I mean, if anything, this this has probably created a renewed hunger for the embodied worship of, of coming and meeting with people. Um, but you know, to claim, yeah, look, this this is not Christian persecution for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, the the restrictions are not just limited to churches. They're, they're, they're kind of widespread, any, any big gathering of any, so it's churches, it's businesses, it's sporting events, it's widespread. So Christian persecution would be if they were, you know, if everybody else was meeting and having freedom of assembly and freedom of, of worship, but Christians, churches did not, that would be uh Christian, you know, religious liberty, a uh, religious liberty issue. And so, you know, we, we as Christians also believe Romans 13, where we, um, that the government has been ordained by God, that we, unless they tell us to do something that um, violates Scripture, then, um, you know, we obey it. And even though we we would like to meet in person, you know, we're not being told we can't preach uh, over the Internet. We're not being right. told that we can't do the, these things. So the church, in in a sense, is meeting. It's just not meeting all in the same place. And so I you know, part of the part of the issue for people like that pastor, who I sympathize with, because man, I, I'm a pastor. I want to meet, man. I, I I love weekly church. It's part of the rhythm of my life for my whole life. Yeah. But part of what we're doing when we make those arguments is we're actually hurting the cause of religious liberty because people yes. who oppose it can say this is what it looks like. It's really just about endangering people. So I think we have to right. be careful with that. Yeah, I think we do too. That's an excellent point. And I've thought about it over the last couple of weeks in particular, just about, and since John and I are in a public forum every day, just how careful we need to be in how we talk about the strictures that the state and the federal government is putting on us. I recognize that it's complicated because a lot of us want to work. A lot of us are extroverts and want to get out. Um, yeah. And we, we miss that. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school and she's, she feels like her, you know, everything she's worked for in her high school career, all the fun stuff is slipping away. So I, I get all that, Awful. but boy, when we represent Jesus in a public forum and we start ripping the government and talking about how all they're trying to do is keep us down and keep us away, I really think we're hurting the relationship between the state and the church. And there's just no reason why we have to exacerbate that for no reason when they're actually trying to help. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, and I think we need to be as cooperative as, as we can be. And I think in most places, the government and the churches are working really well together and really in extraordinary ways to help the most vulnerable and to make this work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, we we should trust our local leaders and pray for them. You know, it's not an unlimited trust. I think there should be accountability and should be sometimes skepticism. You know, every mayor and governor has not handled this the same. Some, The majority of them have done very well. And, you know, if you're a governor, no matter what party you're in, or a mayor, nobody wants to shut down business. Nobody wants oh. to see life do that. So we have to sympathize with that. So the most of them have done really well. Mm-hmm. There's been a few, you know, that have probably gone too far and have probably exacerbated things or, or make, maybe made some restrictions that were just, you know, nonsensical. But we always have to understand people are 
kind of doing this on the fly. There's not a template for this. You know, I, I guess we have the, the Spanish flu, but, you know, we're in a different world now. So I think generally we have to ask ourselves, the Lord has allowed us to, to endure this. What kind of people are we going to be in the midst of this? Uh, are we going to emerge better people? Are we going to be a gospel witness uh, in the midst of all this? Into that. Daniel Darling is with us. Hey, Daniel, uh, you're in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, talk about Nashville. Um, here in Pittsburgh, we think that we have uh, peaked. They're telling us that. Wondering mm-hmm. about uh, how Tennessee is, and especially, you know, in your neck of the woods. Well, it, it, you know, Tennessee has looked, I think, pretty good. Um, you, you know, overall, we have not had a huge outbreak like some other places. Uh, and I'm not sure why. I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but we haven't you know, our metro areas here in Tennessee, so far, I think the Lord have not had a huge, massive outbreak. Um, but we've, we've had a shelter-in-place order this month, um, and most people have abided by it. It's, it's been really good. And, you know, what, what I fear, too, you know, I, I do feel for the, the businesses that are hurting, the small businesses. Mm-hmm. I, I think of uh, the nonprofits that are hurting. Uh, you know, Nashville is a big tourism uh, venue, you know, so typically on a normal season there's probably half a dozen conferences or trade shows going on around the city you know those aren't happening and all that business and hotel and restaurant and so and then you got concerts and, and entertainment so you know people are hurting but i do see people pulling together as they probably are uh in pittsburgh good. Really good. in extraordinary ways that we might not have seen before excellent and what about you personally i mean has this affected you your you know your family what about your prayer life all those moving parts of you know what it is every day to be a christian that's a great question i mean for, for us personally you know i i thankfully i have the, the kind of job you know that i could work from home as a, you know as a writer and, yeah. a, and a lot of my stuff is digital you know i could do this till jesus comes i could work from home uh, mm-hmm. but i do feel for those with the kind of job that doesn't have this. So I always want to be cognizant of that. You know, even as we complain about some of the working from home, at least we're working with we meaningful work. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think this has been a season of real stretching for me as it has been a, for a lot of people where uncertainty, what does the future look like economically? Wow, when are we going to get back to normal? You know, and reading those passages in scripture about trusting the Lord in the midst of uncertain times, those really come alive, you know, during these, during these moments. And so I think God is using this hopefully to, to shape us. Yeah. All right, Dan, only a couple minutes left. Uh, you've got a new job. Tell us about it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So I've had a the great, extraordinary privilege of working with uh, Dr. Russell Moore at the ERLC for six and a half years. It's been a, a great ride and I've learned so much from him and from, our team. Uh, but I'm excited about this new opportunity. I'm working with uh, the National Religious Broadcasters um, as a senior vice president of communications. And I'm really excited. You know, it's kind of come full circle for me. Uh, I, I've really been shaped and formed by Christian broadcasting, particularly Christian radio. You know, growing up in Chicago, listening to Moody Radio, hearing teaching on the yeah, radio. Yeah. Radio like this, like your show, has been instrumental for me. And, you know, talking about my work and my books. And, and I'm just, you know, it, it's going to be great to kind of be in a position to help shape the next generation of Christian communicators. Excellent. Well, congratulations well, to you. Yeah, congratulations. Now that you're on the broadcasting side, maybe we'll uh, see and talk more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. Yeah, that'd be great. And, and I need to get to Pittsburgh at some point, too. Please do. Please, would you let us here. show you around? there? Well, of course, come at another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no well, place for you to stay and we can't go anywhere now. right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Hey, Dan, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us here today. We appreciate uh, your insight, your wisdom, and your passion for the Lord. You're always welcome. Well, thank you, and thank you both for what you do to uh, to share the gospel, and, and especially in these times. I think radio is more important than ever. So, Very nice. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. That's Daniel Darling. There he goes. We need to step away. When we come back, we're going to talk about the pastor that John referenced just a few minutes ago. He's facing an arrest warrant for allegedly backing his church bus toward a protester. He's going to meet on Sunday. He doesn't care what anyone says. We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. Are you tired of some of the movies that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with family and watch something that affirms your values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, a film that reveals how freedom of speech is being threatened and how some are even attacked for their Christian beliefs right here in America. Freedom of speech is important for the spread of the gospel. Truth flourishes where it's allowed to be heard. But your speech and beliefs are under attack now more than ever. People have been accused of hate speech for simply speaking about the gospel. And some politicians have threatened to permanently shut down churches because of the pandemic. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Go to nosafespaces.com today. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Upwork has the world's largest network of proven independent professionals, and I have an alphabetical list of them. Accountants, administrative assistants, animators, architects, you get the point. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Cloudy tonight with a passing shower, mainly early, low near 40. Cloudy tomorrow with rain in the afternoon and at night, high tomorrow 58. Rain tomorrow night, low 47. Friday morning showers, otherwise cloudy, breezy and cool, 59. Saturday, considerable cloudiness, occasional rain in the afternoon, 
by Saturday 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. So I appreciate that last conversation with Daniel Darling. Yeah. We talked for a little bit about Christians who are meeting and they, they're calling out Christian persecution because the government's you know, saying, don't meet. This is not a good time for churches to gather. But uh, there's a pastor in um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a pastor mm-hmm. by the name of Tony Spell. He continues to hold worship services and his parishioners are attending by the hundreds at Life Tabernacle Church, despite facing six misdemeanor charges in March and April for violating orders from Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards that has limited mass gatherings. So now, uh, to ramp things up, apparently on Sunday, the pastor was driving a church bus and there were these protesters there. Of course, you know, you know how contentious it is. Protesters showed up. The pastor was driving a bus, dropping off people, parishioners at his church. He got angry. He backed the truck up or the, the bus up in a violent manner and stopped it suddenly just feet away from one of the protesters. So because of that, new charges were filed against Pastor Tony Spell for aggravated assault. A warrant was out for his arrest. He, um, he was quoted as saying, uh, he said this, I approached the man, approached the man on, on a, while he was driving a bus, who was verbally assaulting my wife and little girls. He's a crotch-grabbing, middle finger using against my church ladies. What would you do to a man like that? He said, this is the proudest day of my life. Wait, that's what Tony Spell said? Yes. Mm-hmm. He says in a text message, this is the proudest day of my life to be persecuted for the faith. Yeah. Okay. So now he right, was arrested. Okay, so that's a man who just wants attention. Right. That's what he doesn't it feels know like. much about persecution in the world. Probably doesn't know much about persecution in history, and is just trying to make a splash. Right. I don't, have any, res- I don't have any respect for that at all. So he was arrested. He posted five thousand dollars bond. A trial will be held at some later date. What happened? So, to, what happened to uh, love your enemies? I don't know. Look, I, I hear. I don't know this. Now, look, we're reading just a little bit in the headlines. I would imagine from what Tony Spell is saying that there are a lot of protesters outside the church, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they are unkind. Well, why are there protesters outside the church? The protesters right. should be at home if they're so concerned about the stay-at-home order. I guess, right? Yeah, of course. So who's right? Who's wrong, right? Everyone's a coconut in this story. Yes, it feels. Every, you're right. That's exactly what it is. Uh-huh. Everybody's a coconut. But listen, I guess it's important and instructive, though, as Christians to say this this is not an appropriate viewpoint on church-state relations. No, it's not, this is no. not a time to look at the state and say they're trying to get at us because we believe in Jesus. Yes. They're trying to do the best they can to help us. Now, they might go too far. They might have to be, you know, brought back into check. There might be difficult conversations that that must be had. But there's no reason why a Christian in a public way should be dissing somebody who has yet to believe. That no. is completely inappropriate and at odds with the gospel we say we believe in. It's right. not how we treat people. And I think if you've got a Even problem if they with treat this, it badly, you don't treat people like that, right? No. It's a turn the other cheek thing. I think we've heard of it. Yeah. So if you have a problem with this, I, I've, while I'm reading about you know the guy driving the bus, you know towards the other person, I'm trying to picture my pastor doing such a thing. 
<laughs> and my pastor would never do like anything like that, right? Most of our pastors I are know good and pastor. holy people. Right? I can't I can't quite imagine him in that scenario. I can't either. <laughs> but, but right, most pastors are good and holy people who want to present Christ to right. the rest of the world. Right. 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 As are we. But I think it's just don't you think it's instructive? You got to read this and you got to say, okay, look, I don't agree with this, and there has to, we got to find a better way. I agree. I, I'm into that. Okay, uh, we're going to take a little break, come back. Uh, oh, we're talking with Dr. Michael Brown. I like how you sound surprised. What? Like, wait, what? And I think in some ways, this will continue on the same conversation about persecution in the church, among other things. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. With all we know about war and all that we understand about it because of our militaristic approach to peace in the world. There's not anything that we can say that would compare to the war that is coming someday. The war that will end all wars. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, The Handwriting on the Wall, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hey folks, this is John Hall. Like you, I'm confined to my home spending time with my family. And one thing we enjoy right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. With all the choices, what can you watch? I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary which presents convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories, like Exodus, as written in the Bible, really happen? The result of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at Home. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, and Anne Graham Lotz will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in the series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Are the impacts of the pandemic causing you worry? The long-term effects of COVID-19 are unknown, but the short-term effects for the stock market have already included record single-day and single-week losses. How is this health scare affecting your retirement savings? Call Kirk Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group. Kurt and his team have managed market fluctuations before. Schedule a phone or video consultation to create a plan designed to help reduce the risk of your retirement savings. From the latest health scares and other market events that could impact your savings, you like have questions. Don't wait. Call or text for a complimentary phone or video consultation 412-515-0005. You don't know how the market is going to continue to react. You only know that you don't want your retirement savings to feel more effects from the pandemic or other volatile events. Get your retirement plan checkup today. Call Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group 412-515-0005. Don't wait. Call or text 412-515-0005. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment management llc spending more time inside jnd waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier protect your family friends and pets from mold dampness and other unhealthy elements for over 80 years jnd has been making pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the easy breathe system eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40 watt light bulb call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit jnd dwaterproofing.com All right. 
looking to talk to Dr. Michael Brown. Don't laugh, John. I was just getting my stuff together. <laughs> oh, we were just talking before the break about, I don't know, it's difficult to determine when people who believe in Jesus have gone too far, looking at the persecution complex, looking at the relationship between them and their state government or their federal government. And when's the time to just be quiet, say, thank you, God, that I have a government that wants us to live and stay at home. Yeah. We've invited Dr. Michael Brown back on the program. He's the host of the Line of Fire radio broadcast and author of the brand new book, When the World Stops, Words of Hope, Faith, and Wisdom in the Midst of Crisis. Dr. Brown, welcome back. Hey, great to be with you. Thank you. Our pleasure, Dr. Brown. Okay, so uh, in the piece you wrote at the stream, now is the time to preach endurance, not escape. Uh, I love this so much because you remind us as believers here in the United States that in Syria, Nigeria, India, all over the world, regularly Christians are persecuted for their faith. And by comparison, here in the United States, we're living the dream. Yeah, and, and the reason it's relevant in a time like this is, is I've actually heard sermons saying, hey, don't be afraid of this virus. It's not the end of the world. I agree with that. I have it in my book as well. That's the very first article I wrote about the virus, March 2nd. This is not a, an end-time plague from the book of Revelation. This is not the end of the world. But then, then this preacher, well-known preacher, went on to say, look, before it gets really bad, Jesus is going to take us out of here. And I thought at a time of difficulty, hardship for many Americans right now, people around the world, that's the opposite of the message you want to preach. You want to preach that God will give us grace to endure no matter what comes our way. And, and for those who have died of the virus, Jesus didn't take them out of the way. For the families that are left without a loved one, Jesus didn't rescue them in advance. And as you mentioned in my article, the Christians in Syria have been through civil war, been through displacement, exile, imprisonment, death, sickness, torture, you name it. The Christians in Nigeria to this day being kidnapped, beheaded, raped, God didn't take them out before the trouble came. So we can debate the end of the age and the return of Jesus mm-hmm. and doctrine, but let's be practical. We should be preaching endurance. God will give us grace to get through whatever comes our way. The gospel is made for the hard times. Right. That's excellent. I think it's difficult, Michael, for anyone who has gone through a period of, of life that has been filled with intense suffering, you ask the question, why? And you probably have some friends that'll tell you that, oh, don't worry, because God's going to heal them. Or, you know, don't worry about that, because God would never ask you to do that. Or God would never let you go through that, or whatever. And I have... that has never borne true in my life because God has let me do all sorts of things that I didn't want to do. And I think it was for my good. Um, not that I liked any of it and not that I ever want to do it again. But if God asks me to do it again, I think you're right. Endurance is the name of the game. And, and the big thing for us in the midst of this is to say, okay, how can I grow through it? Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm concerned for people that are out of work. I'm concerned for families devastated by sickness and things like that. But my, my great goal and hope for the Church of America and for America as a whole is not just that we get back to normal and life is normal. We should come out of this better than we were before. We should come out of this deeper. This is, this is a bona fide crisis, an unprecedented time. Well, well, let's live unprecedented lives. Let's be changed by this. So you mentioned God doesn't always deliver us from hardship and danger. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble. So one thing we know for sure is there going to be trouble, hardship, difficulty in this world. Many times he does heal. 
Many times he does deliver, but many other times he lets us go through things so that we will grow, we'll come out better people through it. And, and that's how we have to look at everything that comes our way. It, whatever Satan brings our way, whatever circumstances bring our way, God can turn these into opportunities for our growth. And in my book, When the World Stops, which, which I wrote March 18th, I got the idea of writing this book. April 21st, it came out. So this, wow. it happened this quickly. But one of the chapters is called Seize the Moment. What can we learn through this? How can we grow through this? How, how can we come out better through the crisis? That's really good. Dr. Michael Brown, host of Line of Fire radio show. He just referenced his brand new book is called When the World Stops, Words of Hope, Faith, and Wisdom in the Midst of Crisis. And, and I think you've hit the nail right on the head, Dr. Brown, is that we're, we're all going through this together. So something has to come from this. I mean, it's not, we're not going to come out of this thing neutral. Mm-hmm. There's no indifference here, right? We're going to grow from this in some way. In our house, because we've been talking about fear, we've also been talking about courage. And I think a lot of people are so freaked out in this time that they forget about the courage and, of course, what it is to be a courageous Christian. Can you speak about that as a means of encouragement for people who are a little freaked out? Yes. The the very first chapter of this book is called Fear Not. And Mm -hmm. I really felt, while I was listening to other pastors and preachers around America, it seemed that was one of the first messages that we were getting out. Don't fear, don't panic. Jesus is still Lord. None of this took him by surprise. There have been far rougher things that the world has gone through. And, and it may feel to you like Jesus is asleep in the boat. You know, the disciples are out with the Lord. There's a terrible storm. It, it must be terrifying. They're going to die. And Jesus is asleep. Don't you care we're going to die? And then he wakes up and rebukes the wind and the waves. It's like, where's your faith? So even when it looks like he's asleep in the boat with you, as long as he's there, you're good. And, and that's the first thing. Let's get our bearings as God's people. We have eternal life. We have a God who is real. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we don't panic the way the world panics. Mm-hmm. And then let's ask ourselves, what's life really about? Okay, I, sports can be fine. Entertainment can be fine. A lot of it can be neutral. It's not that we just have to sit and read the Bible all day or something like that. But in point of fact, hey, Dr. Brown, so much of our time. Offer, offer people some encouragement here, right? Because I think people are going to go, uh, this is really depressing. I, I can't get past this whole thing. My life has come to an end. But there is some good news here. Yeah, look, there's, there's a whole lot better than, than life can be better than just watching sports or going to the movies. That the quality of life can be so, so amazing that hope in God. You can have joy that surpasses all circumstances. You can have peace in a storm that doesn't even make sense. Everything's going crazy around you and you're smiling and with peace. This is a time for us to tap into resources that other people don't have. This is a time for us, if if we believe that we know God or, or people from a Christian perspective, to say we are different. We have something others don't have. We should be the ones bringing hope and encouragement and faith and life. And instead of hoarding, we should be sharing because we have eternal resources. Our whole attitude is, is different. And I really believe if we'll seize this moment, not just as individuals, but as churches, we could come out far, far better than we were before. 
Preach It, Dr. Michael Brown, host of the Line of Fire radio broadcast, author of the new book, When the World Stops, Words of Hope, Faith, and Wisdom in the Midst of Crisis. Michael, when you were talking, I was thinking about Isaiah 43, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. And it's not an if, it's a when. So certainly acknowledging the fact that you're going to have some very hard times in my life. What an honor, though, that God himself, the creator of the whole, it's not even, I can't come up with a way to talk about it that in any way um, equates with the reality of the fact that God says that he will actually personally be with us when we go through these things. Yes, and that you won't be overwhelmed. For everyone saying, well, where was God when it hurt? And where was God in the tough times? Well, you're still here. You're still right. here to talk about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, when, John, when you ask for words of encouragement, so many people think it's all over. Well, here you're still here. Somehow yeah. you made it. Somehow you were sustained. Somehow, yet you went through the fire, and in the midst of it, you thought it's all over, but then you came out on the other side of it. We need to remember how faithful God is. And yes, he goes through the trial with us. It's not just mm-hmm. fear not from a distance, but fear not because I am with you. you. And if I know that, I'm good. If there's a Category 5 hurricane coming at my house and I don't have time to evacuate, and he says, fear not, I'm with you. I'm good. That's all Mm -hmm. I need to know. We use wisdom. Mm -hmm. We're practical. We obey the government as much as possible. We love our neighbor. We do all of that. But rubber meets the road. My trust is not in the government or in safety guidelines or in social distancing. I've put my life in God's hands. If I live, I live. If I die, I die. But I belong to him. And whatever he does is good. Very oh my nice. gosh, Dr. Brown, always news? a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate your wisdom and your encouragement as you joined us today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Pleasure is ours. Dr. Michael Brown. That was so good. Line of Fire radio oh program. Oh, my gosh. Excellent. His brand new book is called When the World Stops, Words of Hope, Faith, and Wisdom in the Midst of Crisis. Dr. Michael Brown. We're going to take a break. Come back. Um, we, we saw a, a listing today, a zip code of all the different people who have been affected by this. We'll talk about that next, the zip code and what it means to you. Hey, John, have you heard about No Safe Spaces? Oh, yeah. It's the number one political documentary of 2019. And listen, it finished its run after garnering the highest fan rating, 99% at Rotten Tomatoes, but it's been blocked from every streaming service. Oh, don't worry. No Safe Spaces is now available to watch for a limited time only, nosafespaces.com. The discount code for our listeners is SAVE25 for 25% off. Watch the film tonight at nosafespaces.com. We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Limo, Limo. And Doug. Check it out, Limo. <laughs> 
got a brand new motorcycle jacket and matching leather pants. Now let's go for a ride and tell everyone that Liberty Mutual customizes their motorcycle insurance. So you only pay for what you need. Oh my gosh, this leather does not breathe well. You can't suffocate in leather, can you? Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at This is Greg Truszynski from the Original Mattress Factory. The last few weeks have been unlike anything we have ever seen. But when this is all over and daily life begins to return to normal, let's remember how we work together to protect the vulnerable. Let's remember how much a simple phone call to check in on our family, friends, and neighbors meant to them. Let's remember to say thank you to those who kept us safe, healthy, and fed during this time. When this is all over, let's remember what was truly important. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you soon. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Are we on? Oh. Happy to have you with us this afternoon as we try to figure out whether we're on or not. We'll, the heck is going on? Oh, what the heck? Are we on or are we not? Yeah, we're on. We're on. Oh, Just gosh. Welcome you. back. All right, so in our uh, between the show breaks, as we were discussing the important things of the program, uh, it came to you, John, that you had a question. A question? No, it's Mm -hmm. an observation. Okay, what is your observation? Well, we were talking earlier. (laughs) Mike and I were having a conversation, which I won't go into. No. We were talking about, you know, celebrities or movie stars. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm looking at Mike, if if Mike was, you know – what would you call it? Like the shadow or your, your celebrity whatever. lookalike? I guess what, celebrity they're, lookalike. Their celebrity lookalike. Right. I would say their doppelganger. Duffy, his doppelganger. Thank you, Mike. Mike Duffy's doppelganger is a young Alan Alda. Yeah, he's a young Alan Alda. No, in temperament. Get in temperament, out of here. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, Mike, turn to can you turn the camera, have, first please. First of all, he doesn't have yeah. the comb over. No, no, I'm saying a young Alan Alda. Okay, I don't think Alda I knew Alan Alda when he was young. Well, he was fabulous, as you was might he? imagine. I mean, I, yeah. I, he was fine when he was older. I'm not trying yes, to pick was. on Alan Alda. I don't, I, don't know know I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment. but It's a compliment. It's an excellent compliment. Okay. Well, Com- Alan Alda was a very famous and incredibly rich man, so he's just still say working. thank you. He's I'll, still, he's I'll still take working. it. Okay. I, I don't see that at all. <laughs> I working. see Will Estes uh, Will? from Who's Blue Will Bloods, Estes? who reminds me so much of Mike. I feel like perhaps they're secretly related. Will Estes. Mm. Okay. Will Estes, Blood. he plays... One of the sons, but I haven't seen it in so long. I forget what his name is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jamie. Okay. Jamie. 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 He's Jamie. I think you look so much like him. Also, I feel like there is a Ewan McGregor thing. Uh, Ewan McGregor. I don't see that at all. Oh yeah, I see that. No, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. No. Appreciate that. Kath. Now you, Kath. Mm-hmm. I would say you know one of your one of your best friends, celebrity best friends. You are very much a Jennifer Garner. I was going to say the same thing. She is really. She's, I don't. Yeah. I don't see any I similarity, do. but I take that as a compliment because I yeah. deeply love her. Mm-hmm. I've been told. Um, Multiple times that I look like Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt? I don't see that. I don't see no. that okay. either. Helen Hunt. Uh, who else have I heard? Helen Hunt and, uh, wait, there was another. Oh, <laughs> Martina McBride. 
Martina McBride, mm-hmm. country singer. Right. I don't, I don't see that either. I don't really know her, yeah, so I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing. But no. I appreciate you linking me with Jen because yeah, I think so. in yeah. another life we could have been very good friends. Right, but don't you? Aren't you always like sort of freaked out when you see somebody and you think, oh, they look oh. exactly like? It's so weird how. Oh, how when close uh, the other thing I just thought of the other one, Tina Fey. People have brought that oh, up to me. Yeah. I think it's because we both have big noses. No, I don't think you have big nose. Mm, Let me see your okay. hands. Have mm-hmm. you seen the t- the Tina Fey thing about her big hands? No, no, does she have big hands? No, she wrote she wrote a book about it. <laughs> did did she really? Yeah, and the cover of the book is her, like you know, little Tina Fey with these massive hands. It's I love funny. her. It's I think funny. she's so hilarious. Yeah. I also, you know, I have incredibly large hands for a woman. Do you? Oh yes. I've, I've never noticed. Oh yeah, I have a hard time with gloves and things like that because really? my hands are very large. You know, there's a thing for like they call them man hands, right? Thank you, John. I mean, That's usually not a compliment. Yeah. It's not a compliment, but mm-hmm. you brought it up, so I'm gonna you know, just jump on there. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry okay, about, do this. Do this. Let me see your hands. They're not big. No, they're big. No. They're big. I mean, I've I've gotten used to them. I'm glad for them, but they're. I'll get large you out hands. there shoveling snow. Then get you get that <laughs> shovel going. Get me out lady. there learning how to mow the lawn for the first time in my whole life. <laughs> like, all, put all those right. big hands to use, would you please? All right, yeah. John's turn. All right, who? Okay, so who would? Now we know that Wilfred Brimley. Well, John actually had a career in film, so uh, yeah, it's sure. a little different. Like but Mike and I are big. pretending, but John had a career in film. Um, John, you look apparently a lot like Alan Rickman from behind. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I concur with Just that. from behind. Yeah. I mean, you were officially Alan Rickman's body double. Right. I was paid to look like Alan Rickman from In behind. In what yeah. movie was that? Uh, I forget what it's called. I forget what it's called. Mm. It was the guys, you know... Um, uh, George Carlin was in it, and uh, I don't know. It was some uh, kind of like um, it was. A, it was a God movie in some really sort of um, bad, sad, bitter way. I've okay. never seen it, quite honestly. Okay. Somebody on Facebook said John looks like John Lith- Lithgow. John Lithgow. Oh, Lithgow. I love John Lithgow. Um, John I don't Lithgow. think you. Lo- I don't look. What a think fabulous look- actor! John I don't Lithgow think you is. look anything like him. But he. How about oh. him as Winston Churchill? Oh, he's great. Him, how about I'm- how about uh, Third Rock? Did you ever see that that sitcom? Oh, oh yeah. I never I never watched that. It's That's a weird. great show. He's such a funny guy. Okay. Such a funny, funny guy. Yeah. See, I okay. think John looks like Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Hey, it's Jack Nicholson's birthday. Happy oh, birthday. How old is Jack Nicholson? I think he's, he's eighty three today. Oh, okay. Yeah. He retired. He See, Jack Nicholson was very smart. He retired from acting and things, until things got like really bad. He could have been a, like a wreck. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Showing up on set, not knowing your lines, all lost and confused. He knew when to quit, which is very smart. Do you like uh Nicholson in films, and do you have oh, a favorite role? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Five easy pieces, okay. excellent Jack Nicholson film. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's got like you know one hundred and fifty films he to does. his credit, so you could he run does. down the, you know, The Shining. I despise. Oh, I I, I never saw that film. movie. I'm never gonna see it. Forget it's the worst. It. The book is excellent. the The Stanley Kubrick version of the film, the worst, the absolute worst. Shelley okay. Duvall, that poor kid on the big wheel, the worst. That, somebody just catch it. Yeah, Kathy looks like uh, Julia Julia Louise Dreyfus. Oh, oh Julia Louise! Dreyfus. I love her. Uh-huh. I'll take yeah. that as a compliment. Of course you it's will. Your compliment because although I love don't her. watch Veep, that's not a family friendly. Oh yeah, film. I've never seen that, but mm-hmm. I loved her in Seinfeld. I love her. I just she's very entertaining. Veep. I mean, she's had a great career uh, yeah. post Seinfeld, hasn't she? Yeah, definitely. All right. All right. Um, We're gonna talk zip one codes. Flew, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. a great film. That's a great film. That surely is. That's a great film. All right. Uh, five o'clock hour. Oh, we got more. It's got to be better than this. We Doesn't sure it? do. The joys and perils of working at home. How do okay. husbands and wives work it out? Here's Johnny. Okay. <laughs> 
Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Congress sprinting to approve a $483 billion coronavirus aid package. President Trump is urging swift passage this week. Delta Airlines, the biggest and most profitable U.S. airline, lost $534 million in the first quarter. Delta has warned that revenue during the April through June quarter, typically a period of much travel, will plummet by 90% compared with last year. It was Delta's first loss in almost five years. Tyson Foods suspending operations indefinitely at a large Iowa pork processing plant that has been blamed for fueling a coronavirus outbreak in that community. The plant handles about 4% of the U.S. pork processing capacity. Stocks closing higher. The Dow gained 456 points. The Nasdaq was up 232. The S&P ahead 62. This is SRN News. You're about to hear a commercial for a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister-in-law. And we've grown to be a faith-focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core, and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small, on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, a reality that often allows us to get you a better rate which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. License in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the impact of coronavirus and the upcoming election, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text money to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text the word money to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and better protect yourself from sudden downturns. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to stay or when to get out. Text money to 411411 and we'll send you a link to our free demo so you can better protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Don't wait. Text the word money to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. For over 20 years, Trinity Jewelers has helped us celebrate life's closest relationships. And while their store may be closed for now, they think it's worth remembering that in times like these, it's those relationships that keep us going. They remind us that this, too, will pass and to put our focus on the things that really matter, our family, our friends, and a Savior who will never leave us nor forsake us. We're going to get through this together. The entire staff at Trinity Jewelers is looking forward to seeing you soon. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. 
Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Cloudy tonight with a passing shower, mainly early, low near 40. Cloudy tomorrow with a rain in the afternoon and at night, high tomorrow 58. Rain tomorrow night, low 47. Friday morning showers, otherwise cloudy, breezy and cool, 59. Saturday, considerable cloudiness, occasional rain in the afternoon, high Saturday, 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. You know, remember the old days when people would say, oh, Wednesday is hump day. I hate that. Does it matter? Does it, I mean, if everybody's home right now, does it right. matter what day it is? No. Right? I never liked it then. I don't like it now. Hump day. Yeah, because yes. it makes it just devalues some days, John. Right. I want to devalue and appreciate the days we have. (laughs) And I appreciate this one, even though, and if you're not in Western Pennsylvania, if you're watching us on Facebook or listening uh, to our podcast or to our live stream in Pittsburgh right now, it's about 40 degrees. Mm -hmm. It's gray. It's cold. There's nothing to recommend it. Not one thing. (laughs) Good. However, John. Uplifting and encouraging. That's how I was yesterday. I have a good news. I have a good news story for you right now. What's that? Okay. So with all of this, you uh, shelter at home, there are spouses who have had to learn to both carry on a job while working in a confined space. Okay. Now we've talked a lot about kids and we're going to today, we're going to talk about teen depression at uh, 535 this afternoon, but we haven't talked a lot about the negotiation between husband and wife who both have to work when there just isn't enough space or enough quiet or enough whatever. And the Wall Street Journal has done a really wonderful piece on that today. That's interesting. Okay, so I would imagine, not having read this piece and it being the Wall Street Journal, that they're aimed at uh, younger, youngish urbanites. Uh, uh, yeah. Right, That's, people who are right. living in Manhattan mm-hmm. who have a one-bedroom apartment right. or, God forbid, a studio apartment, and you're locked in a tight quarters with somebody. Yeah, they start out talking about this couple, John. I think this is funny. Fawn, oh, this is, I should say, who wrote the article. Alina Dizik wrote it. Uh, but she's talking about Fawn and Keith Weaver, who spent months building a custom double-sided partner's desk for their office, thinking it would be fun to sit across from each other on the occasional days they worked from home together. <laughs> occasionally. Now, try uh, to imagine what happened when the quarantine hit, because they realized they were totally unsuited to working in the same room and it had to be stopped. <laughs> now it says uh, Ms. Weaver, that's Faith, her tendency to pace, to gesture with her hands and to speak loudly when taking calls became totally distracting for her 48-year-old husband, Mr. Weaver, who's a film executive. So he quickly realized that he was not going to be able to talk her out of her mode of communication. So they decided to go to different rooms, each mm. with a door. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. A, so a the door is a magic for a marriage. Don't you think? Yeah. Okay, listen, uh, the journal says, with couples suddenly turning into coworkers, many are getting a glimpse, though, of their loved ones in action. Mm-hmm. 
Anything from amped up leadership skills to prolific hand gesturing is on display and even Longtime partners, people who've been married for decades, are surprised at the personality shift in their spouse that can occur like between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Okay, so that's really interesting then, because then what it says is you are different at home as opposed to your difference in the workplace. Yes, that's exactly what they're saying. And because your workplace is now your home, it's becoming really obvious to your spouse that you're not the same person in both arenas. (laughs) Which can That's be so good. good, which which can be good and bad, which is right, what the right, article right. brings out, and I appreciate that. They said that there are there are a bunch of uh, couples that they interviewed who are witnessing the career strengths of their spouse, and they're like, "Wow, bring it!" I man. had no idea that you did that, or really? that you were like that, or you could accomplish that. Um, one woman said that she never realized the type of laser focus that her husband was capable of until she saw him working at home over the last three or four weeks. Really? She said when he comes home at night, he's kind of distracted. He kind of does a little bit of this, a little bit of that. She said, when I saw him work, I was like, wow, no oh. wonder they hired him there and they pay him money. Oh, that is really good. Okay. So then you get a different yeah. appreciation for the skill set skill set of your spouse. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because of course he's distracted when he's coming home because he's been like laser focused all day. He's got to relax when he comes home. Right. Now, this woman, Elena Friedman, was so impressed with her husband that she recently asked him to take over the most serious, in her mind, of all quarantine tasks, lunch for the family, including the children. And he was like, I was surprised and kind of honored because she's like super, you know, like protective of those sorts of tasks. Yeah, particularly. But I felt like she was extending like some sort of olive branch, like I, you've proven yourself. I've seen you over the last couple of weeks. Now you can take over lunch. And now he's like all into being lunch man. Oh, that's fabulous. That's really interesting because I think for a lot of people, you look at, you know, what you do at work and how it works for you, right? I mean, yes. you're, do, you're building a certain thing. You've got, you know, people around you and whatnot. But then when you come home, Maybe, you know, you're like the loser or the schmo or and you less don't do anything. than how you're valued at work. Right. And then that makes you feel horrible. And it doesn't contribute to good communication between uh-huh. you and your spouse if you think that your spouse feels that way. Okay, let me tell you about another couple. These okay. two are in their 30s. Stephanie, she's a fourth grade teacher in Roslyn, New York. Her husband is 37. Now, he has worked from home for years, but she is a teacher. And she said that she's always been hard on him because she always has told him he doesn't accomplish enough from home. She always says, look, you're working from home. The least you can do is, you know, empty the dishwasher and, you know, put dinner in and all those sorts of things. She said, now she's eased up because the journal says she never had the opportunity to work remotely until four weeks ago. She didn't realize the intensity of her husband's day. But after witnessing his back-to-back virtual meetings, she has promised never to ask him to do the dishes during the workday, or she's not going to make jokes about his midday workout. That's so good. That is really, really good. Isn't that good? Now here's here's another funny one. I got to tell you about this one because this is Stephen Myers. He's an executive at a language learning company in Brooklyn, but he overheard his wife, Lauren, on a video conference. (laughs) They've been married for 23 years and he said he's never heard what he's now calling the work voice. (laughs) (laughs) He heard her talking to her team and he was like, who? is that nice yeah so so work voice is now something that he said it's hard to describe he said i've never actually heard it before Hmm. but 
he's he's starting to like it. He said at first he was it, it was like he was a little put off by it because he thought it was kind of like she'd been hiding something from him all this time, like this That's whole so facet cool. of her character. But then she chimed in and she said, well, I've learned things about you too. Like he drinks coffee five times a day. And she said, now a lot of your behaviors at night are starting to make sense. <laughs> That's so good. That's very valuable. A little insight in the marriage when you get yep. to see how your spouse operates in the business world. Yeah. I, like I think it that's very, good. Very much. Now, very good. Now, now, Mike, let me ask you. I mean, you and your wife are living, you're at the same age of this, the second to last couple I talked about, and you've got a young child. You're in very confined quarters. Have you or your wife done anything that is shocking to either one of you? Good or bad? Good or bad? Um, not necessarily shocking, just, okay. just getting used to each other's workflow. Um, my wife's a school teacher, um, and so she she does she has a live class from nine to um, nine to eleven in the morning, and so I have to make sure that you know I'm not walking around in my gutchies or anything, and I have to have Jonathan in the back, you know, keeping him busy or whatever. Well, uh-huh. I totally forgot that you know she was having class. And you were roaming around. I was roaming mm-hmm. around. Stop and that. yeah. Stop it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, John? <laughs> but anyway, your no, your no. your wife owns her own business. She does. She runs a, her own small business. So uh, more often than not, even though the business is closed, she's going in because she's got plenty of work still at the at the workplace. And she can be by herself and yeah. not have to be endangering anyone else. No, it's good. Yeah. So I'm here most of the day with my my son. Just okay. The, just the two of us. All right. Nice. Yeah. Well, nice. I, I can say, you know, my husband and I are together all day and all night and have been for the last, I don't know how many weeks. And it's, we had to figure out space-wise how to do it. So right. he oh, yeah. is now, you know, he's got, he's a musician, so he's got his studio in the basement. So he's doing basically all of his stuff in the basement, but this is what he's doing because he has to do a lot of video conferencing as well, like the three of us do. So he's getting up at six. Mm. He's doing his video conferences and making the videos that he has to make so he can be done by the time the three of us are getting started. Oh, that's really smart. Okay, yeah. good. So you share. So look, so uh, are you are you in the attic? I'm on the second floor of okay. our house. So he's in the basement. We've got a first floor. I'm on the second floor. Okay, so you're fortunate though, but you know you do have a basement that goes all the way up to the third floor. So there's right. plenty of space for everybody to sort of spread out. That's yeah. we, we were just oh. talking last night. Remember our segment on yesterday's show about things that are going well? Yeah. Um, and it was fun for the three of us to talk about the things we think are working in our personal circumstance and of course, you know, nationwide. But my family and I talked about it last night, and we were so grateful that we had enough space Man. for uh, for us all to be doing our things uh, video-wise because every one of us is doing a Zoom call at least twice a day. And it's just that would be very hard if we very were good. just in Heck one yeah. room. People breathing down your neck. Yeah. Okay, let's step away. Okay. We're going to talk in just a few minutes with uh, James Edwards. He's gonna, His question is this. Is Jesus the only Savior? We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. We hope that you stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy on Word FM. Of course, we're on Facebook as well. We'll be back in a few minutes. 101.5 WORD gives you the chance to show an act of kindness that could pay off for you, too. Just a little more kindness. Enter the Kindness Challenge for the chance to win $5,000 for you and $5,000 for a worthy organization. Just a lot more kindness, I think. Enter once each day through the end of April. Get bonus entries for completing individual acts of kindness, plus lots of other ways to increase your chances of winning. 
Be kind to others and to yourself. Be a little more kind to each other. Enter the kindness challenge now at wordfm.com slash kindness. As a business owner, you're in a difficult position today. Stay-at-home regulations, social distancing, and in some cases, extreme limitations on our individual liberties have caused small and medium businesses to question whether marketing during this time is the right thing to do. You're asking a lot of questions and you're getting few, if any, answers. Salem Surround is here to help business owners during these challenging times. We're sponsoring free webinars April 22nd and 24th, featuring nationally known marketing and advertising experts, Burrell and Associates, named in the top 2% of worldwide consultants by Gerson Lehrman Group. They'll discuss how to manage marketing in times of crisis and examples of how some businesses actually thrive in difficult times. Attend virtually to hear some factual data on what you can do to keep your business top of mind, relevant, and vital to customers today. Two free seminars are offered each day, April 22nd or 24th, and limited space is available. For times and to sign up, go to SalemSurround.com. SalemSurround.com. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, Giza Dream Sheets, MyPillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet Covers, Giza Pillowcase, Bolster Pillows, and Neck Pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Be sure to use promo code word. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. This is John Samick. I'm the owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. We're not only a local Pittsburgh business, but friends and neighbors as well. Please take the recommended social precautions and we'll all get through this together. The man, the yellow Master. I'm John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. I wanted to let our Pittsburgh family know that we are still providing emergency services for property that's been damaged by water, fire, and smoke. We're here when you need us. The man, the yellow van, called Service Master. I've got a really good friend, very, very good friend who I see on a regular basis. He is, unfortunately, not a believer. He just isn't. And We've had multiple conversations about this. He gets all, you know, kind of cranky and goes, oh, now you're trying to convert me. Is that what you're trying to do? But he doesn't believe in any God at all. And his his contention is this, uh, Buddha, Allah, Jesus, it's all the same thing to him. So just get over it. Just get over it, right? Uh, we have gone around and around and around about this. He is the unmovable force. And I, I, I fear for him. He's, you know, he's 70 years old and... Um, Sooner or later, time's going to come. And of course, if you love someone and they don't know Jesus, you right. want them to know Jesus uh, out of many reasons, but out of necessity. I want, to, I want them to be in heaven. Well, James R. Edwards is with us. James is professor of biblical languages and literature at Whitworth College in Spokane, Washington. He's written a, run, a wonderful piece called, Is Jesus the Only Savior? And Jesus, uh, <laughs> sorry, Jesus, <laughs> James, not Jesus, James, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Nice to be with you. 
Thank you. Nice to hear you again, James. This is a difficult subject, I think, for us to talk about, especially in today's America, where secularism has prevailed. And of course, we as Christians always want to be gentle and loving and, and winsome in how we, um, how we approach faith issues. Uh, from your perspective, how should we think about it first before we speak? Well, you've already said actually half of what I would say, and that is that we are expected to be nice today, aren't we, as Christians? And the word nice never occurs in the Bible. Mm. It's not a virtue. Uh, The virtues are love. Goodness is certainly a virtue, kindness, but niceness isn't, because niceness basically tries to think of how we can conciliate others. And I think that the simple answer to your question is, uh, we really need to pray to regain an attitude of truthfulness, that our, our truthfulness is important, is as important a witness to the gospel as is love. And in fact, truthfulness is an expression of love. And when we think of trying to speak the truth in love, then I think we're really at the center of what it means to witness to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. James, I wonder, you know, when I first uh, saw your book, and I I know the question, is Jesus the only Savior? I think for a lot of people, even people who are listening to Christian radio, there's a lot of doubt in people's minds. And I think especially, again, for Christians, they're afraid to voice those doubts for fear that they are not good Christians or Mm -hmm. they are somehow incomplete. But doubt is part of the walk as well, isn't it? Well, it is, uh, and I, I think that there's, this is kind of a sword uh, with two edges, isn't it? Yes. On the one hand today, um, we're reticent to talk about absolutes because we tend to think of Christianity in terms of opinions, and if you have an opinion and I have a separate opinion, my opinion and your opinion are equally valid if that's all Christianity is. So I think that makes us shy sometimes of actually talking with people meaningfully about Jesus Christ. Uh, But, you know, then the other side of the sword, or the other edge of the sword, is the one you just mentioned. Uh, We we oftentimes think if we ask questions or have doubts that somehow this is a sign of defectiveness or disbelief or failure on our part, and it's wonderfully reassuring to know that Scripture more often rewards people with doubts than it does with certainties. The, the Pharisees tended to be quite certain, and Jesus was, was fairly harsh on them. And the doubters and the seekers uh, never went away dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a beautiful picture, isn't it? And I feel like it's at odds often with how we as Christians represent ourselves and have conversations with others. I, I There's this type of, John and I were just talking about it over the weekend. I, I can't quite put my finger on how to describe it yet, but I think it's a oppositional behavior or an oppositional response that some Christians have right now, that when there's a public figure of some kind, whether he's an elected official or someone in entertainment or whatever, who says something, 
um, out of the fact and because of the fact that they're not a believer. There's this militant response, like, how dare they? And how could they? And I can't believe he thinks that. And isn't that stupid? And I think, how have we gotten to the point where that's our response to someone who already said that they don't believe in God? So whatever they're saying, why should it be a surprise to us? Right. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, we live in a time in which our churches and Christian faith along with them have become so carefully and um, really dangerously insinuated with the political systems and with our leaders. I think that a lot of this uh, goes back especially to the late 70s when the church really tried to gain power in our country, Christian church at least, and that has really plagued us because um, the Christian church is is not a governing body. It's a company of believers, and we don't identify, and we shouldn't try to identify with any given political party. It's just never going to satisfy the claims of the gospel. And our our call is is not to do that. It's to form an, a community that... Um, instantiates that embodies the values of love that we have. And that is a powerful witness in our society today. It's, it's greatly needed. And I'm glad to hear your concern about this because you can do more by simply saying what you have said than by any appeals to any given uh, positions uh, that the church might seek to gain. Yes. So, James, uh, I'm sure you've talked about this, or, and of course you've thought about this a, a lot. Is Jesus the only Savior? When you address that issue to yourself and to the greater community, what is your definitive answer about that? Is Jesus the only Savior? How do you capsulize that for someone who is either doubting or unbelieving, even for us as believers? Well, I do believe it. And I I think that most Christians believe it, or at least want to believe it. It's not always easy to know how to do that. I tell this story at the very end of my book that actually was told to me by my professor in, in Switzerland, Edward Schweitzer. And it's it's a parable, I think, and it speaks to me, and perhaps it will to you as well. He, he says, say that when I'm 20 years old, that uh, I my brother is born. And uh, shortly thereafter, two or three years later, our father dies. Now, Schweitzer's point is that both of us have the same father. The only difference is that I, as a 20-year-old, knew my father, and my younger brother didn't. And then he asks the question, what is the response of the older brother? And I think that's the question that you're asking. Mm. How do we as Christians speak about our father? Because we actually know something about him to a culture, there's our younger brother, that doesn't know him. And Schweitzer makes two points here that I think are really helpful. Number one, just because we know the Father doesn't mean that we're better people. It very well may be that our younger brother actually is a better example of what our Father was than than I am. Mm -hmm. But that does not relieve me of the responsibility that I have towards my father and my brother to tell my younger brother what our father was like. And I think when we put it in those kinds of thoughts, 
that we speak about Christ not because we are assuming we are better than others or more powerful or even smarter. We speak because we are responsible to share with others what God has done with us. We do that with truthfulness. We talked about that a moment ago. We do it with humility, but we do it with uh, courage because it's really important. James, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you're saying. We're talking to James Edwards, Professor of Biblical Languages and Literature at Whitworth College in Spokane, Washington. James, I I think that I really appreciated the the Schweitzer analogy. Uh, I think where we go wrong as Christians is we assume that people who have yet to believe in us, we don't have the same father. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Well, we, the analogy of course is that we do. Right. And just because. So so how, I guess the question is how would we act differently if we assumed that we actually do have the same father, because we don't know what anyone's spiritual condition is at any time, let alone where they're going to be before they die. Right. Well, that's exactly right. So you're, I think the key word there is assume, isn't it? What we assume of other people has a huge shaping effect on both what we say to them and how we say it. Mm-hmm. And the n- nice thing about this analogy is that the older brother assumes that his younger brother is, of course, the son of the same father and wants to know about him. And so he doesn't speak to his younger brother about his father in a sense of pride or power or coercion. And isn't that transferable for us in our society today when there is so much antipathy and argument? Um, We talk about how there's no reaching across the aisle. It's so true. The the middle has really um, divided into very conflicting halves. For us to stand in the middle and be uh, persons of reconciliation to both sides, that is truly revolutionary in our time. That's a gift of Christ's love to our time. Fabulous. James R. Edwards, we're talking about his book, Is Jesus the Only Savior? Hey, James, uh, let's switch gears for a second. Uh, We're talking to you. You're in Spokane, Washington. Uh, here we are in the city of Pittsburgh. For a lot of our guests, we've just been checking in about um, how things are physically, locally, where you are with uh, COVID-19. Um, how is it in Spokane, and has it affected you and your greater community? Well, as you probably know, Washington State got hit very hard, very yeah. fast, but that was largely on the western side of the state and Seattle. We live on the – Spokane is on the eastern side, so I think that um, – we have probably been uh, hit in an average or maybe even below average way, although many, many people in our city are still practicing social distancing and nothing is open. And I think that the larger question is, uh, uh, how have we used this time of seclusion? And, you know, there's an awful lot in the New Test in the Bible, I should say, Old and New Testament of um, social isolation social distancing, social exile and seclusion. Uh, The Israelites are in exile in Egypt, and Elijah is put into exile on uh, the mountain of Mount Carmel, and Jesus is in exile in the wilderness. John is, of course, put in the exile on the island of Patmos. It's filled, the Bible is filled with this theme. And in every one of these instances, 
we find that this becomes a means by which God speaks to and works through the persons who are in exile. Uh, this is why monasteries were formed, so that people could uh, move away from the distractions of society and focus on those things that are more essential to life and our relationship with God. And I'm, I'm hopeful that this will also happen in Christians' hearts and in Christian mm-hmm. communities, that when we yeah. come back together, that we will be able to share stories of what God has spoken to us and wants to do through us. Yeah. Boy, it's been so wonderful to visit with you again, James. Uh, James, before you leave us, do you by any chance know Craig Gridwin? I do. I do know Craig Goodwin. He's a great uh, photographer in our city and used yes. to be a Presbyterian pastor here as well. Yeah, yes, he was you on know our what? show on a regular basis. We've we've known Craig for years and years and years. And when you said Spokane, I knew you were both uh, Presbyterian pastors. I thought there has to be some sort of link. It's not that big of a city. That's right. It's uh, I know Craig, and he's a he's a wonderful person, and I certainly appreciate his photography as well. So it's nice oh. to know that we have him in common together with we you. Sure we do, yeah. Yeah. Well, James, thanks an awful lot. We, yeah, we really always good. enjoy our conversation really with good. you. It's uh, very insightful. Uh, we hope that the next time we speak that uh, strictures will be released and uh, we will be free to move about and to worship together as community. Well, I look forward to that. We as well. James R. Edwards, he's the author of many titles. We've been talking today about his excellent, Is Jesus the Only Savior? James R. Edwards. Do yourself a favor and uh, look him up, please. We'll take a break, come back. Uh, we've got more ahead. Um, how, how, do you... <laughs> how do you end phone conversations now that you've got nowhere to go? <laughs> I don't know. I just got to go. <laughs> back in a few minutes. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build a kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Pandemic, market drops, elections. Don't let the noise and fear distract you. Where do you go for clarity in uncertain times? For experienced advice on planning for retirement, tune in right here Saturday morning at 10 for your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane. Or call Accurate Solutions Group now for help navigating these unprecedented times. 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Over these many months, you've heard Kath and I sing the praises of Grove City College. We do so because both Kathy and I have children attending Grove City. We write the checks. We're part of the community. We know firsthand about the excellence of Grove City. 
I do believe that the education there is excellent, and the uh, interactions I've had with professors, with university administration, and just the experience of my kid. I mean, it's just been wonderful for our family to see her develop in a place that's committed not just to her education, but also to cultivating her calling in life. She feels like she's getting an individual approach, while at the same time being a part of a great university environment. And that's it. You've seen your child develop. They walk in as a young freshman. Four years later, they're going to come out as a fully formed, functioning adult with a really strong theological background, great friends that last a lifetime. To me, that's the essence of what a quality education is when your child goes to college. So if you're thinking about college for your child, we'd highly recommend you make a visit to Grove City College. It's a beautiful old campus Mm -hmm. surrounded by so many wonderful things. Make sure that your child puts that on their list as they go about looking at higher education. Grove City College. Look at it online at gcc.edu. Stop by for a visit and say, hey, John and Kathy sent me. That's Grove City College. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Cloudy tonight with a passing shower, mainly early, low near 40. Cloudy tomorrow with rain in the afternoon and at night, high tomorrow 58. Rain tomorrow night, low 47. Friday morning showers, otherwise cloudy, breezy, and cool, high 59. Saturday, considerable cloudiness, occasional rain in the afternoon, high Saturday 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. My apologies. It is Spokane. Okay. Yeah, John. I'm just a yinzer. Okay. I'm saying Spokane. Okay. Sorry. My apologies. We've heard from several people about that. My, mm-hmm. my mispronunciation. Spokane. Thank it's you. All right. Thank you. Okay. So Please. now that we're adjusting our behavior in all sorts of ways and you're learning how to pronounce <laughs> cities in America. <laughs> I salute you. The other question we're coming up with is this. Yes. In the old days, when we had jobs, responsibilities, mm-hmm. when we had to go shopping or we had to go pick your kid up at practice or, you know, whatever it was. If you were talking on the phone, you had a convenient exit plan. Right. Now? What are you supposed to say? First of all, you're presupposing the people you're in speaking on the phone. Yeah. Well, I'm speaking on the phone way more than I ever did before. Are you though? Are yes. You? And I got all these FaceTime calls with people mm, in a Zoom okay. meeting and catching up with friends. There's all sorts of stuff. I'm not speaking on the phone that much. Most you're, talking to, you're talking to Mike and I a lot. Yeah, on the phone we are, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that begs the question. So in the old days, and you say, okay, you knew the phone call was coming to an end, and you and your partner on the other end of the line, you both knew this, or hopefully you both knew this, right? right? You anticipated it, and then one of you would well, say- Well, I got I to gotta be going. I have to go pick up the daughter. At hey, nice talking to nice you. Talking Let's to catch you. up later, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Right. Um, my wife always says, which I always used to think, you know- she, She'd always just sort of put the responsibility on the other person. She would say, I'll let you go now. Oh. I'll let you wait. Maybe the person doesn't. Like the person asked to be released. Right. Maybe the person Mm -hmm. didn't want to be let go. I'll let you go. Clearly, she was the one who wanted to go, but she was doing like a little linguistic trick there by putting it on the other person. So you think that's disingenuous? I I believe it is. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it. She's not changing. (laughs) 
She's not changing it. That doesn't surprise me. No, nope, not going to change it. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, what do you say? Well, now I have to be honest with you. It's really awkward. Why? Well, I I mean, with you guys, it's easy because the three of us talk all the time. We go. Bye. And so we're like, okay, I got to go. go bye. Okay, bye. But if you're talking to friends and you're, you know, it's someone who you don't talk to every day multiple times, like the three of us talk. Yeah. When things get a little slow, slow. What else is there to say? Well, I got to get going. I got, there's that travel log on Netflix that started last night. I got to scrub out the uh, tuna noodle casserole dish from last night. What? I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the appropriate response. I I think you're overthinking it. I was on a call last night and I said, boy, has it been great to talk to you? (laughs) Okay. And it it? was, I was being serious. Okay. It was, but that was my way of like, Wrapping things up. And it wasn't that I was dying to get out because I had something to do. It's just there's. I'm done. And there's not a whole lot to say because right. nothing's happening. Well, did you think the other person, you know, you hurt their feelings because you were ending the phone call? I don't know. No, no. Maybe that's you just you being so? super polite. Okay. You're a very kind, very polite person. And you're just thinking, I don't want to uh, you know, hurt those person's feelings. They might have gone, oh, thank goodness. She's finally wrapping this up. Right. They she been was done with just you. yapping for 20 yeah, minutes. Please. I don't. But are you not having these awkward moments? No, not at all. What? Because you know why? What? I'll let you go now. Okay. okay. Yeah, you're letting your wife run it. I'll Mike, let you go. Mike, if you're, are you having awkward moments? I am. I, I don't know what to say. What do you mean you don't know what to say? You're an adult. I'm leaving now. I'm hanging up. Well, you can't say, well, I got to go to, you can't, no one's going anywhere, right? Right. Because you You don't, so you don't got to go. You don't have to go. Life still goes on. Even in pandemic quarantine, you've got to eat. You've got to go to the John. You've got, you know, (laughs) other chores you've got to do. That's what I'm going to say. Hey, I got to go to the John. That was always my dad's cop out. And he used it so much. And I was like, dad, do you really got to go? Or do you just want to get off the phone again? That's a little too. That's a little too uh, intimate, isn't it? Though, girl, girls don't speak that way. They don't. Yeah. No. Well, at least you know why? Because we're not Philistines. I got a tinkle. I got to (laughs) go. No. (laughs) I just I find that I'm in an awkward place every single time at the conclusion of every conference. Hmm. Now, if you have a toddler, we need to go. No, wait. The the Don Hall adage. Listen, what is what is a John Hall adage? You know, the the Don Hall adage is: you know what people think about you? They don't. They're too busy thinking about themselves. It's true. Okay. Uh, all right. So I got to bring this up because Mike on, I don't know what night it was, some weekend night that we had recently. I don't know when it was. Oh, John and I were on the same Zoom call with a group of our friends. Oh, okay. Because yeah. John and I don't see each other <laughs> enough. Each other. On Zoom calls. I, I wonder what Kath is doing. <laughs> wonder she, it's only been like 13 minutes since we last spoke. wonder how she's doing. Mike, listen, we both got on the Zoom call. We were like, Hello. <laughs> See you again. Anyway. Hello. When it came time to end that conversation, you were no help. Me? I wasn't. Yeah. No, Me. John. John was no help because it was like winding down. We were like all running out of no. things to say. And I thought, well, this is the moment when John's going to say, all right, you guys. No. Nope. Love you. You noticed in that phone call. I didn't have a whole lot there. No I was pretty much done. Yeah. Look, I'm just, you reach a point in your life where you kind of go, I don't have to please everybody at every moment or be, you know, this thing. I'm just done. I'm just, I'm leaving now. You stepped in and helped a little, John. Nope, That's all I'm I was saying. Just done. Nope. All right, fine. I, my job was just to show up and to be there and offer something. But when right. it was over, I was done. Okay. So basically, when 601 hits and this show finishes, John I'm, is I can't wait to go. Let's, let's get See out of ya. here. Did you say okay. I can't wait to go home? Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here is what I said.
Okay, let's go. Well, we're talking about teens and depression. That's next. Yeah. You don't want to miss that. Believe me, especially if you've got a teenager in your household. This is an update and some tools you need to, to have in your uh, your inventory. Yeah, for sure. Christine Chapel next. WORD. Coming up on Adventures in Odyssey, Zachary Taylor is having a little trouble with acceptance, particularly when it's his mom's new boyfriend, Blake. But with a little help from a new friend, Zachary learns to let go of the past and embrace a new future. Don't miss this touching episode about blending families next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. As a business owner, you're in a difficult position today. Stay-at-home regulations, social distancing, and in some cases, extreme limitations on our individual liberties have caused small and medium businesses to question whether marketing during this time is the right thing to do. You're asking a lot of questions, and you're getting few, if any, answers. Salem Surround is here to help business owners during these challenging times. We're sponsoring free webinars April 22nd and 24th, featuring nationally known marketing and advertising experts Burrell and Associates, named in the top 2% of worldwide consultants by Gerson Lehrman Group. They'll discuss how to manage marketing in times of crisis and examples of how some businesses actually thrive in difficult times. Attend virtually to hear some factual data on what you can do to keep your business top of mind, relevant, and vital to customers today. Two free seminars are offered each day, April 22nd or 24th, and limited space is available. For times and to sign up, go to SalemSurround.com. SalemSurround.com. Hey folks, this is Kathy Emmons. Like you, I'm confined to my home, spending time with my family. And one thing we're enjoying right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. With all the choices, what can you watch? I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary which presents convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories like Exodus as written in the Bible really happen? The results of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at home. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, and Anne Graham Lotz will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in this series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. For over 20 years, Trinity Jewelers has helped us celebrate life's closest relationships. And while their store may be closed for now, they think it's worth remembering that in times like these, it's those relationships that keep us going. They remind us that this too will pass and to put our focus on the things that really matter, our family, our friends, and a Savior who will never leave us nor forsake us. We're going to get through this together. The entire staff at Trinity Jewelers is looking forward to seeing you soon. You've got kids at home. These are really weird times. There are emotions everywhere. Well, Christine Chapel is with us. She's been with us before. We love her. Uh, author of Clean Home, Messy Heart, and Help My Teen is Depressed. Christine, welcome back to the show. Help My Teen is Depressed. This is a cry that's heard all over the land right now, isn't it? Yeah, I think just families everywhere are finding themselves a bit disoriented and and shaken up with the whole coronavirus thing, and especially with our kids who are now, 
you know, completely removed from their daily routine. Schools are down. They're not seeing their friends. You know, what used to be perhaps an outlet from the family stress at home, you know, going to school every day is now no longer an option for them. So lots of stressors for all of us, uh, definitely. Okay. okay, you're back, Christine. We lost you for just a minute, but I think we're good now. Oh, uh, okay. Christine, I've got a I've got a teenage daughter who's a senior in high school, and this has been a really challenging season for our family. Just trying to help her through the different you know stages of grief she's been in about you know losing things that the very last semester of her senior year I think she's looked forward to since she was 12 years old. Well, you know, a big, de- uh, oftentimes a big component of depression can be dashed hopes. And so sometimes, you know, when things are happening in our lives that are outside of our control, things that we were hoping to experience or enjoy or big monumental life, you know, situations like graduation and they're taken away from us, it is really hard to try to reconcile what is going on with, you know, this situation. I had my hopes in this and now I'm falling back and realizing that this thing isn't happening and so where where can I find a stabilizer where can I find comfort when I am grieving and that is and those are genuine losses and I think that one of the things that we can overlook with our our children in this time is to sympathize with them and to understand that we're all experiencing loss in one way shape or form whether it's a dashed hope whether it's a lost job and for many people it's a lost loved one and actually you know having to say goodbye suddenly families being you know ripped apart not even able to be in the presence of the room with someone who is dying you know from uh, coronavirus or some related illness and so it is definitely a time where we are all called to weep with those who weep and especially for our kids who don't necessarily have the spiritual or emotional maturity to really kind of get their bearings on their own. Christine, what can be done at a time like this? Um, You know, therapists aren't seeing clients in person. I know a lot are doing it online. Um, What about if you, what about if there's a mom or dad listening, they feel like they have a teen who's depressed? How do, do I find a therapist now? Like what, what kind of strategies, how should I approach it? Well, I think that right now is an opportune time for parents to equip themselves to answer the call for one another ministry. You know, it's easy to say that it's other people's jobs to come in and support our children during this time. And I understand that it's a very heavy load. This is, number one, not something that we do in isolation. We don't support our kids in depression in you know by ourselves. We need a community around us. But I would say that there are resources available to help parents get equipped to better comfort and care for their child and to better empathize with what they're going through and to really just be a minister of comfort, uh, you know, of gospel-centered comfort in Christ. So organizations like the ACBC, which is the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, um, and even my organization that I am the podcast host for, the IBCD, which is the Institute for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, there are many biblical organizations that offer free resources Sources to parents. Most of the time it comes in the form of either blog posts or audios, so recorded audios that are meant to help equip uh, people to be either in one another ministry, but in this context, you know, parents as well, to care for someone who's dealing with a particular issue. So if you are interested in how to better care for your teen who is struggling with loss, depression, sadness during this time, I think that the Lord is positioning us as parents to become more concerned about how we ourselves can personally minister to our children. And there are resources available to be able to do that. 
Good. Christine Chappell is with us. She is the author of Help, My Teen is Depressed. So, Christine, with that in mind, I mean, if you've got a, a teenager in your home that's depressed, odds are, especially now, that either you, your spouse, or other kids are also in the same boat. So it feels, I'm sure, overwhelming for a lot of families. It is overwhelming, and I think because to some degree there are those who maybe have never experienced just this overwhelming sense of despair and sorrow and hopelessness because of the situation that we're in. And so for some, this is the first time, you know, they thought they were untouchable. And maybe, you know, before they had looked down on people who, you know, walked through these types of things before, and and now they find themselves in this place and they realize how painful of an experience it can be. Um, And then there are other families where this is, you know, not anything abnormal. They've gone through this before. They already had a teen or a person who was struggling with depression and perhaps even suicidal thinking or self-harm. And so a situation like we're in now just serves to exasperate the problem. And so again, that's really where we come back to God's Word and how God helps, uh, how the Scriptures really help to form how we respond to our own personal sorrows, but then how we come alongside others who are sorrowing and who need help. Because I love, uh, there's a new resource called Loving Messy People by Scott Mail, And in the book, he talks about how the people who are suffering are not supposed to just go out and find comfort on their own. We are supposed to bring God's comfort to those who are hurting and rally mm-hmm. around people who are suffering. And I think there's no better time like right now for us to learn, you know, it's the school of hard knocks, right? When you're learning on your feet, uh, we're being forced to deal with these situations. And, and I think for the long term, we'll be better for it. That's Christine Chappell, author of Clean Home, Messy Heart, and Help, My Teen is Depressed. Christine, we love when you join us on the program. We'd love to talk to you more regularly, especially in these times. So can we call you back soon? Absolutely. I always enjoy coming on the show. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. Our pleasure. Terrific. The book is called Help, My Teen is Depressed. And the podcast as well. Check her out. I mean, uh, these are really weird times. We need all the help we can get. Christine Chappell. Take a break. Come back. Kath and I have been doing public readings of Scripture. That's next. Are you tired of some of the movies that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with family and watch something that affirms your values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, a film that reveals how freedom of speech is being threatened and how some are even attacked for their Christian beliefs right here in America. Freedom of speech is important for the spread of the gospel. Truth flourishes where it's allowed to be heard. But your speech and beliefs are under attack now more than ever. People have been accused of hate speech for simply speaking about the gospel. And some politicians have threatened to permanently shut down churches because of the pandemic. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Go to nosafespaces.com today. Hi, everybody. It's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. In this brave new world we are living in nowadays, we're planning for a very different kind of Mother's Day chicken barbecue this year. Because we're not quite sure how the world will be on May 13th, we're offering a Mother's Day take and bake on that Sunday from 9 to 3. We'll feature a family meal and also a two-person meal in case you want to drop one off at your parents' place. The meal will showcase all the favorite menu items we've served on this day for the last 44 years. 
years. Brother Sam and all the young men cousins on this farm will be barbecuing plump chicken quarters over the open pit outside, dousing it with our secret butter vinegar sauce, while the women folk of the family and lots of good help will be mixing up all the hot sides, salads, and desserts inside. Just in case the world opens up again by then, we'll also fill our buffet with that same great huge menu too. Check out springhousemarket.com for details or 724-228-3339. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Coming down the home stretch is Liberty Mutual, followed by Customizes Your Car Insurance. But wait, from the back comes So You Only Pay For What You Need. So it's Liberty Mutual, Customizes Your Car Insurance, So You Only Pay For What You Need. And I'm pretty sure this is just an elaborate insurance ad. Liberty, 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 Liberty. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Each day on our program, we've been setting aside a segment to do a public reading of Scripture as a means of wisdom, encouragement, and honoring the God who is with us in all things. Uh, We've been focusing since Easter on uh, readings that have to do with the resurrection. Today, we're in Colossians 1. John, you want to begin? Yeah, Colossians 1, 21, 23 from uh, the NIV. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under earth. It's Colossians 1. The gospel that you have heard and proclaimed to every creature Creature on earth. Under heaven, yeah. It's fabulous. Mm -hmm. All right, speaking of earth, it's Earth Day, John. Oh. oh, Have you celebrated? uh, uh, I took out the recycling. (laughs) Well, good for you. Okay. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're moving things forward. Yeah, I watched something today for Earth Day that I just was totally touched by. You watched something? Yeah. What'd you watch? I watched a video of a man who has been in quarantine, so to speak. Uh, He and his wife and four-year-old daughter are living for two years with a pack of hyenas in Zimbabwe. He's. He's a wildlife photographer, and he makes films for the BBC and for National Geographic, and he commits himself to two years with a particular animal group so that he can kind of get to know them and represent them well in a film of high quality. I've never heard of this guy. It, his stuff is so fabulous. Really? I was just praising mm. God for mm. the beauty of hyenas, of all oh, things. That's cool. Do you know the guy's name? Yeah, I do, but I can't think of it right now. That's all right. Okay. So we just Google... Some guy with no birthday. <laughs> no, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a responsible broadcaster, and I'll look him up and I'll post it on our Facebook page. Fabulous. Uh, speaking of the aforementioned Facebook, of course, uh, we are uh, streaming live right now. We are there, 
Uh, we say hi to Mike Zuckerberg or Mark Zuckerberg and to uh, anyone else uh, who may mm-hmm. be out there. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, we'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Have yourself a great night. Peace be with you. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.